Welcome to Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. We give vitalistic chiropractors a chance to learn from the best around the world, discovering how they overcame their challenges and achieved success. In order for chiropractic to thrive, we must have thriving chiropractors. Now listen up, it's time to crush the curse. Hello, podcast listeners. I just wanted to let you know we are having a fun little gathering in Phoenix on February 15th and 16th of 2019. Uh, we're calling it the Shift Unplugged, where we have three hour and a half sessions where we're just going to be doing some shift or share sessions. And uh, if you're interested in doing that, go to www.trueconceptseminars.com and look for the Phoenix tab. So if you're going to be like us and we're totally sick of the winter and you want to go somewhere just to hang out with some like-minded vitalistic chiropractors, check it out on the website, www.trueconceptseminars.com. Now back to the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Breaking the Underdog Curse. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host. And uh, today, I decided to fly across the ocean the other way and uh, spend a little time with an amazing chiropractor in Barcelona. And um, he graduated from Parker. He's been in practice for 16 years. And I'm sure as we get into our conversation, he's been a little bit all over the place. So I think this would be kind of cool for a lot of chiropractors to hear what uh, chiropractic's like. And I think he's been in four different countries, so that would be kind of cool to to hear about that. And uh, and I just want to welcome uh, Dr. Pat Mac to the to the call. Thanks very much for having me, Don. It's a pleasure. That's awesome. So we've kind of met you. Were were you at Cairo Europe? Uh, when, I was. Yeah, yeah. At the last Cairo Europe, we were there when Brandy spoke. And yeah. yeah so. And I never. We never got to actually meet, right? Uh, no, we didn't. We didn't. No. No, because it was just after because you joined into the vitality shift and then that's when we started talking a bunch uh, online and then exactly. I started hearing some of the cool stuff that you're doing and, and I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I think this would be a really good conversation to have on the podcast. So, so I'm excited to dive in because it sounds like you have a pretty cool story. Awesome. Well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, well, it's my story, so I hope it's pretty good, right? It's like <laughs> Exactly. I like it. It's been fun yeah. for me. <laughs> so like I do with everybody, let's just start off. How did, how did you even find out about chiropractic in the very first place? Oh, wow. Uh, let's see. All the way back, uh, basically back injury. Uh, when I was younger, I was lifting weights and, you know, just the young 15-year-old kid lifting weights that were way too heavy for what I should have been lifting and actually had a compression fracture. So, oh, wow. Just the weight of squats really, um, it was too much and it caused the T8 to just compress on itself. Yeah. And basically, long story short, went the whole drugs route, went to the hospital, taking the anti-inflammatories. And I just, I felt like I had this sword in my back and there was just nothing that would help it. So my mom takes me to a chiropractor. Really no um, idea what it was. I didn't have any preconceptions. Just went in and immediately it was like, it was the first time I could take a breath in a few days. And wow. for me, it was like, I mean, it was, it was a miracle work, but it had nothing to do with the big idea. But for me, it was like, chiropractic is great. Um, if I ever have pain again, I'm definitely going back to a chiropractor. <laughs> oh, we hear that a lot, right? Oh, yeah. you're a chiropractor. Oh, I'm so, I haven't needed one of you. I haven't needed you yet because I have had no yeah. pain. <laughs> like you get that all the time. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so 
so so so how did how did it continue from there because did the okay, pain come so, did the pain come back <laughs> not that particular pain uh although i did injure myself again wrestling and later actually tore a ligament in my neck so oh, wow. many many accidents were kind of coming into my life and kind of you know that whole story about chiropractic chose you you choose chiropractic yeah. well it just I, I continually got injured and every time i would go to the chiropractor not only would the pain start to get better but I remember a very specific moment I left the chiropractor's office and I sat in my car and I, I turned the stereo on and I was listening to music and I was just, I remember just this huge sensation of peace and just mm -hmm. feeling so connected and thinking, man, this is awesome. And I wanted to go to the chiropractor on a regular basis, you know, and, but it was kind of like, does insurance cover it? And can you go? And what is the therapeutic intervention blah 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 but i remember innately feeling in my own body i feel better when i go to the chiropractor and so this happened several times and long story short i'm finishing up my biochemistry degree in college and one of my lab partners in uh, organic chemistry her father was a chiropractor and she was an accountant she was doing her prereqs to go to chiropractic school and she told me about it and okay where are you going parker i watched the video with dr jim parker and like six months later, I was there. No way. That's so cool. Yeah. And, and so, so you basically showed up to Parker, uh, you know, thinking chiropractic was pretty good for um, back pain. Completely. And that, and that was about it, right? Absolutely. I showed up at Parker thinking chiropractic was for back pain. It was a great living. And thinking there was this guy, Jim Parker, who was just like teaching chiropractors to be so successful. And I couldn't wait to meet him. Well, they didn't include in the video that he had died a year and a half before. So the school was kind of in turmoil. It was kind of crazy, but wow. it, it was uh, it was an interesting time in Parker. So you come to show up to see this amazing guy, and he's not he's not here anymore. Yeah, yeah, they didn't include that in the brochure at the time. <laughs> False advertising. <laughs> so, so how was your experience at at Parker? Um. So uh, how how do I best phrase this? Um. In retrospect, I think Parker's wonderful. Or the time period that I was there. It was a very, very middle of the road uh, education. Mm -hmm. So we had a lot of exposure to, um, you know, all of the science, all of the medically minded aspect, but also there was a very strong philosophy component at the time. Yeah. So it was kind of, it didn't really have a clear direction necessarily. It was kind of adrift, but it was, it was really good in one aspect is that I got exposed to everything. So I remember when I first started, I thought, um, man, I just want all these diplomates. I want this alphabet soup after my name. You know, there's, we've got doctors and neurology diplomates and uh, orthopedics. And I thought, you know, the more I can stack this up, then I can be like a real doctor and I can really help people. Is that just because your last name's too short? It's only two words, two letters? Actually, no, it's, it's McMahon. That's my Facebook name. Oh, is name. it? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. McMahon, sorry. <laughs> so I, I was wanting like kind of, you know, all the alphabet soup, but I thought, man, this is you know, this is great. And I'm going to be able to go to school for like 20 years. It's going to be perfect. Yeah. Um, and then, so I actually, I, I wasn't crazy about Dallas. I'm going to be honest. I grew up kind of in Western North Carolina, um, a lot of nature there and yeah. the, the mountains and all four seasons and really like, really like lush and green. There, isn't it? Yeah. Very lush and green. Yeah. And so arriving in Texas, it was kind of challenging because it was a big like concrete jungle. Dallas is huge. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, it wasn't happy in the city itself. And I went and I transferred to life for a little while. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was really interesting because there, um, 
I was, I was really into like CBP and anything that was very evidence-based. And I, I really wanted to like come from my head and figure things out. And I had this chance meeting. I went to the seminar um, with Arno Bernier. I don't know if you yeah. know him or familiar with him. Totally, yeah. Man, it was this, it was a mind-blowing experience for me. Um, I had this undeniable experience where it wasn't books, it wasn't, um, it wasn't science, it wasn't studies, but something happened in my physiology when I got adjusted by him mm-hmm. that just shifted. And for me, it was the most beautiful experience, but it also, it was, it was a bitch because it really, it threw a, a spanner in the works, it threw a wrench in my works because um, it created this void. And I had this experience and I know it was real and I know it can happen, but I have no idea how to explain it or how to re- reproduce it. Right. So that was kind of my entry into, wow, what is this chiropractic thing really about? Wow. That's cool. And so did you end up, did you end up graduating from life then? No, went back to Parker. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. So that's just interesting. That, like for me, that's just interesting because I'm, I'm kind of like a, you know, my personality is kind of like a rule follower and just do what you do. So if you go to school, even if it wasn't good, you just finish it anyway. And then uh-huh. go on. how did that whole process go where you went to life and then come back? Like what was, what was going through your head? Well, it's really interesting because I mean, I wasn't a military kid or anything like that. My, my dad wasn't in the army, but we moved a lot when I was younger, you know, there weren't, yeah. I didn't live in places for a long period of time, maybe four or five years. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I've always been kind of a nomad. So, <laughs> well, once we, again, your later story sounds like it, you continue that on. <laughs> continued on until I got to Barcelona. Barcelona has been the longest place I've ever lived in my entire life, so it's it's really home for me. But yeah, yeah. absolutely, they're really nomadic, and uh, yeah, how did that work out? Basically, went to life, and I started for whatever reason just having this sense of impending doom, and like I I've got to leave here. I want to go back. I'm gonna go back to Parker. And I left and it was like one quarter later when life went through their whole accreditation. Great. So I went back to Parker, graduated from there. Long story short, it, uh, I, I did finally just buckle down and finish and graduate school. And got it done. That's cool. So by the time you went back to Parker, you kind of already had that vitalistic seed kind of planted in your, in your mind on when, you're, yeah. when you went back to Parker. Now, when, from the first time you're at Parker till the second time you're at Parker, um, mm-hmm. You look at things a little bit differently then after you had that experience. Absolutely, yeah, completely differently, and even became involved in different groups. Mm-hmm. Um, I started. It was really weird because you know I had kind of like one foot in in two different canoes. I had one in this canoe and one in this canoe. So um, you know, Arno became one of my biggest mentors, and I really was reading. I got to know Reggie Gold quite well. Uh, read a lot of Joe Strauss, and really is kind of like very objective straight chiropractic movement you know yeah. like chiropractic for life expression yeah um but i could never give up my biochem background i was really like a heady guy so mm-hmm. also i wanted to know why it worked. i wanted to know how it worked yes and so i would be half my time in that world and the other half in the neuro. i was really into the you know like uh did a lot of the carrot program um michael hall was one of my professors there at the time yeah, yeah. um so yeah it was kind of like this you know, the 10% over here and the 10% over here and just how to make those worlds meet. So it was very, very challenging at the time, but it's also given me probably my greatest gift as a chiropractor is to be able to kind of tie those worlds together. So it was was a great. 
and I think too that like as a student, I think that's the ben- that's benefit. Like we were just in Perth talking to the students there and just saying like expose yourself to so many different things because it because then you you make it your own, right? But you you need to you need to almost like kind of download everybody's perspective and then you filter it through your own values and your own your own vision and then then you can create something on your own rather than just kind of picking one thing and just copying that person. <laughs> totally, yeah, and you you don't really get it in the moment either. You just think. Well, yeah. at least me, I can't speak for anyone else, but you kind of think you get it a little bit and maybe I pigeonholed myself a little bit. I would love to go back to school knowing what I know now, but yeah, it's, if you're a student out there, just get exposed to as much as possible. Yeah. It's so funny. I've talked to so many people, even in the interviews and they've all said, you know, I should have appreciated school a little bit more. <laughs> when you're there, you never do. But then after you're like, oh, that was pretty cool. So, so right after you graduate, mm-hmm. where did, what did you do right after you graduate? Okay. So immediately I went back to my hometown in Asheville, North Carolina, and I opened a practice there straight out of school. Um, and that was a tough, tough year, you mm-hmm. know, because I kind of had this idea, you know, you build it and they will come. Yeah. You know, oh, so I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that's like, right? Yes. Yeah, I said, you, I, I, my new saying is you build it and then play solitaire. <laughs> exactly. Because nobody came. <laughs> Exactly. You didn't even have the internet then, so you couldn't get lost. You could just do the card games on the computer, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was there. I understand completely. <laughs> so you had the one the one year there, and did you stay there, or did you? Um, did you- oh, I actually at the end of the year, um, I finally got it to where it was financially, let's say, financially solvent. It wasn't producing a lot of income by any stretch of the imagination, um, but I was getting by. Um, and I was burnt out after one year in practice. You know, it was completely destroyed because I just, just wasn't meeting my expectations of what I thought it would be. Yeah. And I didn't have the tools. I really wasn't equipped. I didn't know how to communicate. Um, I knew what chiropractic had done for me. Um, but I just, I just was not skilled. Being in that chiropractic bubble and talking to chiropractic students was one thing. But when I went out in the real world and people thought, oh, you know, yeah, well, your back hurts. You should pop some pills and um, yeah, you've got heartburn, you take some roll aids and it just, I didn't know how to build that bridge and I had not been in that world for so long. I just didn't know how to communicate. Mm. So it was, man, that first year was so hard. Yes. Oh yeah. I remember it well. So I packed up. I basically just closed it down and uh, sold the, the, uh, you know, the contents of the practice. And I went to Argentina, um, I knew a guy down there, Dave Serio, and uh, yeah, yeah. so I went to go work with him, and that was a trip. I was with him for a few months there, and it was great, because I went into this, like, it was already an established practice. He'd done very well. Um, Yeah, I don't want to tell his story too much, because you might want to talk to him someday, but he, they had the whole same experience, and then they uh, tweaked some things, got better in their communication, and all of a sudden, their practice was exploded. So I got to go in there, not having the language, you know, not being able to communicate and going into just like a waiting list practice. You know, there's, I got there my first day and I adjusted a hundred people. Yeah. And wow. <laughs> so I somehow, even though I didn't get the communication, I got a bit of confidence that there are people who want this. Right. So that was step two. And yes. then step three, uh, a friend of mine, a roommate from college, uh, he was over in Ireland. And we were, we were communicating a lot. And he's like, man, you got to come over here. It's rocking. Ireland is like the highest per capita income in the world. 
Celtic Tiger. It's rocking. Um, they, we need more chiropractors. There's not enough. Everybody's busy. And so I went over there. Uh, $800 in my pocket, I think, at the time. Whoa. Yeah. And wow. went there with no work visa, no job. Oh, really? Nothing. Yeah, I didn't have the money to go home. So oh, I had wow. to. <laughs> That's what they call burning the boats. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> and fortunately, it worked out really, really well. Got a great job. Um, worked there for many years. And just, I was doing really, really well in practice. Um, but, I, I, you know, I've heard you, Brandy, speak as well about how you go from, you know, having a big idea and then the market doesn't necessarily want that. And then you go to the lowest common denominator and you give them what they want. Yeah. So it was definitely a pain condition based practice. Great. Not vitality, not life based at all. Um, and very financially successful, but not fulfilling. Great. Yeah. Now, just, just before we move on to the next thing, um, just, just for, just for chiropractors out there that might want to know what is chiropractic like, like in Argentina? Cause is it, is it regulated, not regulated? Like how, how is it there? And then I'll ask the same about Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're both changing a little bit, but honestly, it was like the wild, wild west. Right. Completely. I mean, yeah. Just absolutely no regulation, not legal, not illegal. Um, you can't hold yourself out to be a healthcare practitioner. Um, Ireland's different. Ireland is, Ireland's kind of, it has a very gray area. Yeah. Um, it's permitted and they're allowed to take x-rays and they're recognized, but they're still not, I don't, as far as I know, currently there's not a law that recognizes the profession. Okay. Um, but I wouldn't be the one to talk to them about that. That might've changed in the past few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So then what was the, what was the inspiring factor to go to Barcelona? That's one place I've never been, but I'd really like to go. <laughs> okay. Well, um, okay. So I'm in, I'm in Ireland and doing really well financially. And just remember sitting on the couch going, is this all there is to life? You know, you just go to work, make some money. And then all I want to do with my money is I want to go somewhere and be in the sun. Cause it doesn't, it's not very sunny in Ireland. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I went, uh, I went a weekend. I did like a weekend trip down to Barcelona and within two hours I was walking on the, actually on the street right over here, right next to me. And there was a dental clinic right on the main street by the Harbor. And I thought, man, this is for me. I'm going to have a clinic right there. I'm going to, I'm going to live right here. And, um, yeah, I was really certain about it. I, I knew, and I don't know why I knew, but I felt called to be here. And yeah. I mean, it was, it was actually difficult getting over here because as a U.S. citizen, North American, I don't have a European passport. And so I had to get sponsored to come over. And it's not easy to come to Europe. Yeah. And so I worked for somebody else and um, very grateful to that, that individual. He, he helped get me over here. And um, yeah, this is really weird because I, in six months, I was living almost right next door to that dental clinic. No way. That's so yeah. cool. So, so like, just, just curious. Um, so when, when you work over there, you have to be sponsored and then do you have to work for a certain amount of time for them? And then you can apply for, yes. well, I know in the U S it's called a green card or, or here it's called permanent residency card. Like what's it called there? Yeah, pretty much the same thing. It's like a, it's a residency card. And so you get sponsored for someone, you work for them for a specified period of time. And depending on the province that you're in, um, you're granted a residency card based on, locale on geography and on your particular job. So you can't get a green card for McDonald's and then come over and be a chiropractor and you right. can't get one for Barcelona and go to Madrid right. until you've been here for, I think it's two years. 
And then after two years, and got a little more leeway. Oh, that's cool. So, so, so how, how long were you uh, working for someone and then did you end up opening your own place? Yeah. So I worked for two, two years, two and a half years for other people. Yeah. Um, and then I still was not eligible to have my own practice, but I had some really, really great chiropractic friends and, you know, being in Spain, what you do, you work the system. That's what the whole, the whole culture is about. So we started a company that my friends owned and employed me, even though it was my company. So then I started up uh, a practice that way. And then once the time was over, then I just, I bought all the shares and I became like self-employed and it was all mine. Well, that's cool. And then in Barcelona, did you have to, did you have to learn Spanish or did, can you speak English or how did that work? Uh, very, very little English. Um, I speak Spanish fluently, although I spoke nothing when I arrived. I oh, learned wow. it all here. And also, um, Barcelona is a unique place. Catalan is very important. Um, it's not required, but it's so beyond appreciated, the people here, when yeah. you can speak Catalan. So yeah. my Spanish is better than my Catalan, but I, I speak a bit of Catalan as well. So, mm, that's yeah. cool. and, and so from the time that you kind of took over the shares of your office till now, how long ago was that? Um, that would be nine years ago. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I've been here right at 12 years now, I think. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I know when we were just, we were just in Perth and our friends, Dr. Uh, Craig and Kath Foote, uh, said they went over to visit Barcelona and just hung out there. And they wanted to move there after just visiting there. And the only reason it's, they didn't was because their kids are still in school and stuff. So it must be a pretty nice place. It's such a great place. I mean, it's um, just the, the quality of life, the weather, the gastronomy. It's, you've got the, the beach, the mountains. It's awesome. Cool. Now I'll get into my normal questions. Uh, cool. when, you, when you first started opening up your, uh, your practice, um, and this is just for the chiropractors who are just getting started or, or, or kind of not happy with their volumes. What, mm -hmm. kind of th what kind of things did you do to grow your practice at the beginning? Because you, okay. you started from zero a few times. <laughs> uh, I've, I've become quite good at starting from zero. I've done it five times now. Wow, there you go. So you have some good tips for people out there. If they're just, Absolutely. If they're just plateaued. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, wow, I don't think I was ever really great at it in the beginning because I kind of relied on like this external marketing kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I did, like, I don't know, you remember a killer ad, stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I remember that. Yeah. I, I adopted it a bit. I adapted it to more of a European market. It was a little more like a glossy magazine. And I put it out there, but it had kind of the flow of a killer ad. Yeah. Um, that one worked great until somebody else started doing the same ad. And then all of a sudden, it killed it for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, doing talks, just basically becoming involved in the community and really just, um, it was health talks. That's what really sealed the deal. Mm -hmm. And now, um, with a bit more experience, as long as you've got the language, you know, if you're assuming that you know how to speak the language in the country you're in, right. just go out there and meet the people, you know, just talk to the people. Like that is, that is the number one way. There's no, there's no shortcut. Right. No, everyone yeah. wants to know the one thing, but it's usually multiple things that have accumulated over time and once you've been doing it consistently over a period of time, yeah. right? Absolutely. And making it really, I mean, we all know what chiropractic is for us, but figuring out, you know, how to make it relevant to other people and their values. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the most important things I've ever done is, um, you've done a lot of work with John Demartini. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he's so big on values and what's important to you. There's no right or wrong, but everyone has their individual like fingerprint and what is important to them. 
And so like learning to write how chiropractic helps fulfill each of those seven spheres of life, how it fulfills values. And so learning to bridge it to what's important to other people, that for me, um, if I was starting over again, I would get really good at like, what are the seven values and what are the seven fears and how can you hook chiropractic up to that and learn to explain it in those ways. And that, that will do so much. Yeah. yeah. And it's so much more unique because people are looking for the perfect script. But if you say the same thing to everyone, like oh, we all call it, we call it the spray and pray, right? <laughs> you just yeah. like, hopefully that's going to stick, but a lot of times it doesn't. So that's, that's nice when you can get ninja with your communication skills. So I totally agree Absolutely. with that. And me being a really kind of heady person and loving the mechanisms and the how, um, most people don't really care about that. So it's not a very good communication strategy. And learning to speak in their language is just, uh, it's such a skill to learn. The earlier you can, the better. That's cool. Awesome. Now, what do you do on a regular basis to keep you inspired? Because, you know, a lot of times, well, as a chiropractor, you know this, uh, being out there and you have a vision of what chiropractic's like, but the kind of the mass consciousness is so um, mechanistic and it kind of tears you down. So what have you, what have you found that's really helped to keep you sharp? Uh, sharp, like my own personal energy or chiropractic wise or what? It'd be, it'd be either like really, or, or hopefully okay. or both, right? Like depend, what, what keeps you kind of on purpose and fired up? Okay. Um, I have a very, very clear vision for where I want to go. And so I constantly revisit that and it's very inspiring to me, um, but also doing regular things that keep me focused and in a open and uh, for lack of a better word in parasympathetic, keep myself connected. So I have a regular meditation practice, regular morning routine, um, movement practice, making sure firing up the extensors, firing up the vestibular system, like really turning my nervous system on. Uh, meditation, breathing. Um, I've incorporated fasting recently. Um, I'd done it before, but more lately. And just anything I can do to keep me in that connected state. Right. So my goal as a chiropractor, when I'm adjusting someone, um, you know, you guys know this completely. It's not about for me about moving a bone or putting something back where it needs to be, but it's about bringing vitality to that person. And it's about releasing life. And it's about clearing them out and getting them connected. So they're, you know, they're like, they have this coherent energy and they're vibrating at a different level. So if you want that for your people, you've got to do that for yourself. hundred percent. Get adjusted regularly. I have uh, my business partner. We teach chiropractic seminars together and he's, you know, a great adjuster. I make sure I get checked regularly, cleared out. Um, yeah. All those things that you would want for all of your people and for the people that you love, you have to actually do it yourself. Mm -hmm. So 100%. whatever that routine is for you, but what gets you connected? Now, the next thing I like to talk about is the, uh, is kind of the burnout phase. Cause like some, some car, well, actually a huge amount of chiropractors that we talk to around the world are in that burnout phase. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it sounds like you had that a few times as well. And, and, and looking back at it, like what kind of advice might you have for a chiropractor who might just feel like just frazzed? Um, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, and in retrospect, you realize a lot of times that burnout is really, it's more about you because you're needing a certain response from people right. as opposed to actually serving those people. So 
earlier in my career, it was about, I need to, you know, have, see X number of people, or I need this many new people. I need people to like me. I need them to accept my care. Um, and then you just, I don't know, at some point you realize like, don't make this about you actually go out there and give a shit about people, you know, and, and take care of them and, and realize like what you have can help them and focus on those people with the caveat that they will take it or they won't. And it doesn't have anything to do with you. I mean, if it's, if nobody's saying yes, maybe you can work on your skills. Right? <laughs> yeah, <no doubt. laughs> but those, those 5%, those 10% that aren't happy with their experience, it's like we, we put so much effort and energy there in our self-esteem and our self-worth. Like focus on the wins, you know, and, 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 and on the big vision, not about you, if that makes any sense. Hundred percent, and it's true because a lot of times we get stressed because we're looking we're looking about ourselves. So it's harder to get into that stress state when you're connected because that's the whole goal. That's what we want to do with chiropr- as a chiropractor too is help other connect help others connect better with others, right? To get into that parasympathetic state. Yeah, and I would also say in my burnout stage, I didn't have the most constructive um, uh, coping strategies. Let's say you know, like when you're yeah. in a burnout, you have no energy. Um, you don't necessarily feel like going and hitting the gym exactly. you know, or you don't, don't feel like meditating. It's a lot more fun to go have a beer. You know, it's a lot easier to just like, you know, I'm just going to disconnect because I had a stressful. Week. Yeah. And so, I mean, those things are all still fun, but just making sure to make the time for the things that charge your battery and stay connected. That's primordial for me. That's cool. Now, now moving into the next phase, I always like to talk about is the, um, is the, the, the phase of leadership. So I, I know you uh, teach chiropractic seminars. And so I was just wondering if you just uh, tell us the story of how did, how did that come to be? Because I, I understand it's a technique you're, you're teaching. Yeah. yeah. Um, how, does, how did that start? It's not necessarily um, a technique, like a named technique, but it's an approach to adjusting the spine. Hmm. Um, I did a lot of work with Arno. You know, I used to teach with him quite a bit. Uh, done a lot of the neurology stuff, really in the kind of, coupled movement and how does the spine work, um, how to adjust from a place of ease and not tension. Um, mm-hmm. That particular piece all came from our nose, so that's not really original. Um, but the original piece was um, just learning to uh, adjust from structurally sound um, perspective, like how to have the person you're taking care of at ease, so the force travels through the system easily how to put yourself in a position where you're not creating leverage and hurting your shoulders, hurting your wrist, hurting your low back. Um, also a lot of practice on how to get dropped in, how to get centered, how to be present, and then how to develop speed and precision. Just, I had a lot of athletic background. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring it to chiropractic and make like this really specific thing. How can we create the best adjusters possible? You know, regardless of their technique, what are those common things when you get a masterful, masterful adjustment, you go, wow, you have this, what we like to call the undeniable experience. Okay. It's not bones popping. It's like, whoa, something shifted. My being is different. So kind of reverse engineering what a lot of masters we were training with, you know, like, okay, what do they do it? They're awesome at doing it, but they can't necessarily break it down. So that was kind of how that came into being. And it kind of came into being because my fiance, she was in the very first class at Barcelona College of Chiropractic. Oh, cool. Yeah. So what happened was, even though Barcelona is a very vitalistic school, highly recommended, love it. 
there's no school on the planet that's really preparing chiropractors to go out there and be masterful adjusters. It's just, there's too much other stuff to learn. It's not their fault. They have um, criteria they have to meet. And yeah. so she invited me and a couple of chiropractors over to like the basement at the BCC and there would be students there and we, you know, they wanted us to show them how to adjust. And then I would go do this, um, you know, on a, a fairly regular basis every Friday. And there's more and more people wanted, wanted to come to this and it started getting bigger. And one day all the students were like, no, you've given too much of your time. And they came and they just presented me with like this hat full of money. It's like, <laughs> we can't take your energy anymore without you taking something for it. That's so, and I never envisioned actually going and, and doing this as, you know, a, a regular thing. And then it was, well, how did it happen? We did it here in Barcelona for a few times. Then someone asked us to come to Germany. And then after Germany, it was France. We're in Paris at EFEC last weekend. Um, Toulouse in a couple of weeks. Uh, we've been to AACC in Bournemouth, um, in London. Um, we're going to be in Melbourne next year. We're in Sherman in a month. So it just kind of little by little, this it's kind of grown organically, this word of mouth. So. That's cool. That's awesome. And and so and did that just start like in the last year or so, or or when did you start um, seminars? Me and my my business partner Aaron Morris, we started this two years ago. Okay, we went up in the mountains and went on a hike and just said, okay how can we, what is our big vision? How can we serve people? You know, how can we like leave chiropractic better than we found it? And we started writing out like what we wanted to do and what we wanted to create and um, just really started mapping it out and okay, what's the long-term goal and long-term vision. And it's just, it's so awesome. It's just really that clarity of vision is just starting to happen. And, you know, people always laugh about the overnight success, you know, but they don't see like all the, the effort and the work and stuff that went into it. So yeah. because we've been so certain, we've been so clear and we have this vision we've been moving towards, organically now things are showing up out of out of thin air. We'll get a message from somebody like, oh, we want life. And so it's just, things are just happening that way. That's cool. And so what, what uh, you said you're going to Sherman, are you doing, and when, when's that similar? Yeah, the Sherman, uh, we are going to be there November 3rd and 4th. Um, it's a Saturday, Sunday, and we'll be doing a, a full spine seminar there. Um, and we're going to be in Atlanta the weekend before. And we're going to speak to some different student groups and, uh, you know, kind of connect with people there as well. And just, you know, see if we can go, go serve people and see if they like it. That's excellent. And so if, they, you know, anybody's out there is interested in that, um, do you have a website or anything like that that people can learn some more information about? Yes, we do. Um, our organization is called Centropy chiropractic training and it's uh centropy s-y-n-t-r-o-p-y centropy chirotraining.com mm -hmm. um and it's really just you know centropy is like the opposite of entropy obviously it's just that that amazing thing about life you know that intelligence that causes greater organization and and coherence and um yeah that higher order and so we take that around adjusting how can we create better more focused and coherent, and organized, adjusted. That's cool. Awesome. So anybody who's out there, go go and uh, check out those seminars because that's uh, that's gonna be great. And especially any students if you're listening to this from Life or Sherman, get out there. That's gonna be that's gonna be amazing. Um, one of the questions I always like to ask uh, is if you could right now go back and talk to yourself when you graduated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
what would, what would you build if you if you could be like Terminator? You know how they go back in time, <laughs> and you could yeah. like you could like superimpose yourself, and you had you were able to have a conversation with yourself. What would you what would you tell your younger self? Yeah, wow, it's a big one. Um, it's not about you. You know, you're you're gonna come and go, and what matters in this life is what you do for other people. So get real clear what your gifts are and what you came to this world to give and get all your BS out of the way um, and just get out there and serve people by serving um, a mutually beneficial thing. When you become who you are and live from the inside out and you give your gifts and you have that congruence around it, um, just amazing riches and wonderful things come towards you by serving other people. And it's like the sawdust in, in building the cabinet, you know, it's just a byproduct. But just get out there. How can you? How can you make your fellow man's life better? And just just do that because it just makes your life so incredible. It's the only place you can get money. You can get things. You can get toys. You can get experiences. But right after you get them, they're gone, and they don't really. They're they're fleeting. But when you actually care to do something for other people, it's just it's rocket fuel. And it's just, it's so, it's such a wonderful feeling. So if I would have been able to go back and tell my younger self, it's not about you. Don't worry about you. Quit being self-conscious and just figure out what your gifts are and go give them to the world. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, now that being said, I was at the end, I always like to uh, give our uh, guests a few minutes just to, to inspire our listeners too, because we have, it will be called breaking the underdog curse. We have chiropractors out there that, that either that either are an underdog or just feel like an underdog or feel like the world's against them or feel a bit frustrated. Um, what kind of words of wisdom are floating in your head that you might be able to leave them with a little bit of inspire inspiration? Yeah. Um, so if you, yeah, if you're struggling with that, go find a mentor, go find somebody, somebody who's really rocking it and somebody who's loving what they do. And they're in that space of giving and, and just um, maybe a little farther along in their career. And, you know, just, just go connect with somebody who's already doing it well and learn from them. You know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, fortunately, our practice of chiropractic is so simple and so easy. It's usually because we've made it too hard. Go find somebody who's doing it and you're going to see like just the ease of it. And yeah, find, find help. Awesome. Find a mentor. So, um, so with that, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate it for, uh, for being on the podcast. I know it's late, yeah, so late, late, me, late on a Friday night. It's nice. Um, for everybody out there, um, you know, the biggest thing I got out of this is it's, uh, it's not about you. And, uh, and if, uh, Dr. Pat could, uh, open five practices from zero and you're just a little bit plateaued in your practice, you can sure suck it up and get going. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks awesome. again for being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, Don. It's been a blast. Great talking. That's awesome. And everybody else, get this information, get out there, and crush the curse. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you receive value from this episode, please take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite place to listen to podcasts. If you know a fellow chiropractor that could benefit from this message, please share it with them. Because it's my goal to provide you with great content, please contact me if you have any questions at drdonmcdonald.com or find me on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.